Welcome to the Casual Coven Podcast. It's a podcast the size of our psyches, all about magical, spiritual, and holistic practices. We put them to the test to see if they can improve our lives. Will we end up thriving and subscribing to Goop? Might we stumble across our soul's purpose or still be left searching? Listen on to find out. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Casual Coven podcast and this is our first bonus episode. Yeah, our first bonus episode. How exciting. 2020 is going and if that's not something to celebrate I really don't know what is. Me neither. I can't wait for it to be gone. We'd like to start by saying a huge thank you for listening to the podcast this year. We launched at the end of October and we have been so overwhelmed by the support and the kind comments we've been getting. Yeah, we really have. And this podcast has meant so much to us. It's really helped us get through some of the hardest parts of 2020. This bonus episode that we're about to dig into is a little bit different from our previous season. It's a full New Year's intention setting ceremony. Neither of us have tried setting intentions for the new year before. We've dabbled in resolutions with variable success, but we've never done a full ceremony to form an intention for our year to come. Intention setting is a concept often found in Buddhism and other spiritual and religious practices, but you don't need to be religious to set intentions. The idea is that we all live and act with intentions anyway, but most of us do it unconsciously. Consciously setting intentions is supposed to help you bring about the change that you want to see, to do things on purpose. So we decided that this year we would test it out. We were initially hoping to go to our local Buddhist centre to participate in a New Year's intention setting ceremony, but being 2020, that hasn't been able to happen. Instead, we've researched loads of different kinds of intention setting ceremonies and based ours off the Yoga Girl podcast 2019 New Year's intention setting episode. Ours isn't identical to Rachel's practice, but we really liked her format the most because it took a lot of time to reflect back on the year we've just been through. And we think it's so important to take time to digest 2020 because what a year it's been. With so much struggle and fear and change, we wanted to really dig deep into that to be able to feel it's possible to look forward with hope, desire and intention. And it's different from the typical New Year's resolutions. Yeah, it is. We've never really been a big fan of resolutions because you make them and then you break them or you forget about them and they create feelings of failure. And often resolutions feel a bit capitalized on by juice companies, gym memberships, gym clothes, and it can all feel a bit hollow. But I think to start, let's define resolutions. So resolutions are clearly defined, measurable and specific. Things like, I want to get fit, I want to quit smoking, I want to lose weight. I want this instead of that because this is good and that is bad. Resolutions can be judgmental and that's not always a bad thing, but it is part of the reason that they can make you feel like a failure if you drop them. Whereas intentions are softer, they're personal and they're caring. They're experiential and difficult to measure. Intentions can lead to resolutions, but resolutions rarely succeed without clearly defined intentions. And I always find that I break my resolutions before I even make them. (laughs) (laughs) 
So for example, if your intention is to look after your body by eating fresh, healthy food, you might also have the resolution to go 30 days without sugar to act as a bit of a reset. And within that time, you'd have a defined goal. But having the 30-day sugar-free challenge without the intention is less likely to work because it's not rooted in purpose. Yeah, and that's really important to have that purpose. And that's why we're doing this ceremony because moving from one year to the next is a shift and we want to honour that and not to mention 2020 has been one of the hardest years in living history. There's been so much negative stuff and sometimes our automatic response is just to try and run away from that and not look back but if we do dare to look back and reflect we can learn more. And we can celebrate the good stuff because there was a bit of that too, especially for me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Even though it's really negative, there's always some good things. And it's good to give yourself the space to think about your own needs because when we take the time to understand and meet our own needs, we're more able to help the other people that are around us. You can't pull from an empty cup, so to speak. I've never heard of that saying. Haven't you? Until just now. You know what? Actually, I'm not sure I fully believe it. Because I think you can pour from an empty cup. It's just not very advisable. Pour what? I'm confused. So if you think about the cup being full of your energy. And you're (laughs) you're giving yourself to other people when you pour from your cup. Oh, I thought it was pouring a drink. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't quite get the metaphor. (laughs) Oh, embarrassing. Anywho, so this ceremony is an opportunity for us to release anything that's been holding us back in 2020, anything we don't want to bring into 2021. And there's definitely been a lot that's held us back in 2020. And sadly, setting an intention to be rid of the pandemic won't make it go away. So we're going to focus on things that are within our control. So you can choose to listen to this podcast normally or you can join us and do it together. If you want to participate in the intention setting ceremony, we recommend a couple of things. You'll need a quiet space, a notepad and a pen and a comfy seat. Yeah, get yourself set up. Alternatively, if you want to do it, but not at this particular point, just make notes of the steps in your phone and then you can do it on your own at a later time. So now we're going to go into the actual ceremony. So some ideas for the ceremony, you might want to set up your space. And people say that you could set up an altar, you could have crystals, you could have tarot cards, or just a cup of tea, a notepad, journal, your pen, some candles, a glass of wine, a glass of wine, whatever you want. Make it your space but make sure that you've got some time to dedicate to this and you're not going to be interrupted. I did mine in the bath because <laughs> that's my sacred place. Did you? Mm-hmm. I did mine on my yoga mats. <laughs> of course you did. Of course. <laughs> oh, that's such a cliche of myself. <laughs> my bath was the only place I could get some peace and quiet. Yeah, yours looked great. We'll post Mm. pictures of our little setups on our Instagram as well. Yeah. And then the next step is to ground into the body, take some deep breaths 
and feel the weight of the body on the chair or the floor and feel the weight of your feet on the floor or on the chair and just really ground into yourself and start to feel how your body feels, not what your mind is thinking. And then once you've completed that, we'll go on to the first step. So the first step of the intention setting ceremony is your 2020 debrief. So what happened this year? Where did you go? What did you do? List some highlights that really stood out to you. If you go through it month by month through your phone, you can use your photos as a guide in case you'd forgotten anything. So for us, we found that going through all of our photos really helped just like jog our memory and things that we'd actually forgotten. So remember the hard things, the beautiful things, take time to look back and absorb the full year. Yeah, I found this process really, really useful because I've kind of written off 2020. Mm. When I look back through things, I was actually quite shocked at how many achievements and just like little nuggets of good stuff there was that I'd forgotten about or would never have thought about again. I felt exactly the same. And when you actually go back through everything, there's a lot of, well, for me in particular, there was a lot of special moments. Yeah, yeah. So we are quickly going to go through our year tell you a few little highlights from each month what you should do at this point is start writing down your year so just write down all the months and write down all of the good stuff that happened any milestones anything that was bad that happened to just write it all out so January for me started really strong with a huge milestone it was my mum's 60th and then I Went freelance in January. I had a week of inner turmoil with the moon card (laughs) and started recording our podcast. And then February was all about buckling down to do freelance work. March was full of freelance work. And then that kind of ended quite abruptly when the lockdown came in. My parents nearly got stuck in Vietnam, which was a massive relief when they got home. It was Elodie's second birthday, which of course was a massive milestone. But sadly, we had to do that in lockdown. So she didn't get to see family for it. April was all just about getting through lockdown. I just got really into self-care practices. I did daily yoga, meditation, journaling, lots of walks, being out in nature. We started to plant seeds for our vegetable patch, which went a bit mad. Um, (laughs) We got a giant courgette from Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say giant, like... It was I'm, a I'm putting it that oh was it yeah because that's what they turn into when they get massive wait what's the difference between a courgette and a marrow a courgette is only to a certain size and then it becomes a marrow oh fucking hell well this was a mega marrow <laughs> it's huge yeah, sorry <laughs> no 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 loved it april was also a really sad month because one of ed's best friends lost his parents to coronavirus and it was really hard not being able to be there in person for them we made a little window display as a tribute to them instead that was a sad time in may i worked on a video to celebrate the staff at elodie's nursery which turned out really nicely 
the weather was really beautiful so we were outside a lot and it was my 33rd birthday so I went to the park to celebrate that. In June my grandma died which was really really sad. Ed was working on a project and I was alone most evenings so I spent a lot of time writing a piece about my grandma that I read out at her funeral which was one of the hardest things I've ever done but I felt really proud that I'd helped to contribute to a really wonderful send-off to her. Um, Our holiday to Sicily got cancelled, which I guess pales in significance, but yeah, that was another another bummer. There was the Black Lives Matter movement, which was making loads of headlines, and I realised how ignorant I was about so many of those Mm. issues and made a commitment to do better. And we took Elodie on her first protest to a children's Black Lives Matter march. July, I met up with friends for the first time in ages, which was really nice. And the courgette glut started. <laughs> I think we eat courgettes every day for about three months. Anyway, <laughs> um, I started learning how to edit for episode one of the podcast. August, we made a trip to the village where Ed's parents live to see them. We went blackberry picking quite a lot. That sounds idyllic. It was so lovely. Elodie had so many blackberries. So many <laughs> Which she liked the girl in Willy Wonka, you know, she turned into a blueberry. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Potty training started. I started couch to 5K. I found my perfect floral skirt, which I'd really been looking for for a long time. <laughs> That is so typical. Where was it from? It was from anthropology. September, we went to Devon on holiday, which was so dreamy for a week in the countryside. And I fell massively in love with it and would move there tomorrow. We had our one day at the beach this year, which was amazing. It was 27 degrees. Elodie loved it. We started the Casual Coven Instagram and designed the branding and India was helping me art direct it too and then we went to Shropshire for a walking weekend with my friends from uni Uh, it was really special because we didn't know whether we were going to manage to get there October the podcast got really intense and I kind of lived and breathed editing in every spare moment I had we released our first episode which was a massive dopamine hit Ed turned 40 which is another huge milestone But sadly, all of our plans were cancelled because of the new restrictions, but we still made the most of it and celebrated as much as we could. November, continued to work on editing for the series one. I completed Couch to 5K, which was mind-blowing. I can't believe I can run for 30 minutes. That's amazing. I know. I started to feel really festive, made a wreath that I've stuck on my front door out of, like, leaves from my garden. (laughs) Just picking pigeon feathers off of the floor, <laughs> adding them in. I've got like half a carrier bag on there from the high road. <laughs> <laughs> An old shoe, some fag butts. A can of iron brew. It's <laughs> a really beautiful wreath. Um, <laughs> yeah, December was, well, December is now. But yeah, we celebrated my sister's birthday late, which was lovely. Lockdown number two lifted, which was a massive relief. Mm. And the podcast work has slowed down. So I've started to rekindle my love finding new music and I've been making playlists. Yeah, so how was your year, India? Do you want to go through yours? It's been quite eventful. So January started off very, very well for me because my best friend, I've got like a really close group of best friends and one of my friends her baby had been 
in hospital all through December and in and out since she was born and after a big operation she came out and it was just like the best news ever and she came out and she's just doing amazingly well and she's such a big brave girl we also had a scare that my waters had broken (laughs) We went away for a beautiful weekend in Bournemouth, staying with Tom's nan, and it was just lovely. Uh, Marlo's absolutely obsessed with the beach. Yeah, it was just gorgeous. February was a bit of a funny one. We celebrated my niece Connie's first birthday party, and that was absolutely lovely. And it kind of got a bit rubbish from there because my mum, bless her, she got really sick. And we'd spoken about that in the podcast. Basically, she had to go into hospital because she had a really, really horrible virus. We don't actually know whether it was coronavirus, but they were quite worried about her. She had to have some scans on her head and it was just all a bit of a worrying time. But being the strong amazing person she is she bounced back and she's doing better than ever so that's great that's great news yeah really good in March gosh well (laughs) so I started my maternity leave and I actually brought my maternity leave forward because I thought I've got a funny feeling I'm gonna have this baby early because I did with my first had my last day in the office kept leaking pretty sure my waters had broken went into hospital said they hadn't was pretty sure they had was on my way the following day to one of my closest friends 30th birthday parties and my water started to leak a bit more and then I started getting really weird pains and little did I know I would have a little baby boy a few days later and he was born on the 10th of March so he was 17 days early thank god because it would have been at the absolute peak of the pandemic at that point and I'd have had to do it all on my own and I just feel so much for the people that have had to do it on their own. That is so lucky. Yeah so he came into the world little Jesse and he is just an absolute joy. I'm completely besotted with him. Five days after he was born it was my daughter's second birthday and then lockdown and then that's when things got really difficult for us because we were told that we needed to shield for three months because my daughter has asthma and then my beloved next door neighbours Flora and Ottilie who I'm absolutely besotted with left for Shropshire (laughs) so they left like a massive hole in my heart and in Marlowe's heart as well so that was really really difficult and then April May just completely blurred into one I cried with fear loads of anxiety we danced around our kitchen and I spent a ridiculous amount of time cooking. June, I saw my mum for the first time in three months because we were living in our flat and we don't have a garden, we've got balcony, but it just wasn't enough. So we moved in with my mum, who had also been shielding, and we just went on lovely long country walks and it was just perfect. We also celebrated Tom's 31st birthday and he got furloughed, which was a bit rubbish. July was my mum's birthday, lots more lovely long country walks bath the kids in the garden which was just lovely (laughs) and we reunited with Tom's parents which was again just the best 
in August, one of my best friends, Kate, came over from France to visit with her beautiful daughter, Ophelia, and we all got together, socially distanced, and it was just the best time ever with my friends. September, we went on a family holiday to Norfolk with our parents, and the weather was just perfect. We spent days on the beach watching Marlowe play in the sand, and our nights we spent playing cards and drinking wine when the kids were in bed. Out of all the holidays I've had, this Norfolk holiday was definitely my favourite. Really? Yeah, honestly, it was just the most perfect, wonderful holiday. Like, there was no Wi-Fi, so I couldn't read the news, didn't know anything was going on. Oh, there was brilliant. no... It was just perfect, and it was just so lovely to be with my mum and Tom's parents, and yeah, it was great. We started the Casual Coven Instagram and I began solo parenting in the days as Tom started work again and my little Jesse boy he started sitting up <laughs> oh bless him uh, October really busy month producing lots of content for the Instagram page and getting ready for episode one launch Lucy and I did a photo shoot in the forest which was hilarious <laughs> I forgot all about <laughs> so much fun and my daughter Marlo started ballet lessons, which she wasn't a huge fan of. We went Halloween pumpkin picking with my nieces. Have you done that? Did you do that? No. Oh, it's really fun. We had enough in my garden. Of course you did. Actually, I'll tell you what, me and you, pumpkin picking would be the worst thing because we're both perfectionists. It took me ages to pick a bloody pumpkin. Yeah, I bet it did. And if you were there, it would have taken me even longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made pumpkin pie for the first time as well and it was absolutely delicious. Was it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was the only one that liked it. So, Do you have to use a special kind of pumpkin, like a sweet pumpkin? No. Well, I didn't. Oh. I used pumpkin and nutmeg and sugar and it was just delicious. But no one liked it apart from me, so. <laughs> you had to eat the whole thing? Yeah, I did. I ate the whole thing. Actually, Tom's parents liked it too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> November, not really much to report on, to be honest. There was a lot of long walks. December is obviously the month that we're in now. I'm feeling very, very festive. I'm making stockings from scratch for the kids that is so impressive I know it is isn't it it really <laughs> is yeah this is the first time I've got my sewing machine out since uni I'm surprised I even knew how to thread it up to be honest but <laughs> and these stockings aren't any stockings they're quilted liberty fabric stockings oh I mean Marlo and Jessie better appreciate these and I was reunited with Flora and Ottilie who left me who were my next door neighbours who I'd mentioned earlier So now that we've given you our examples of our years, the next thing that we're going to do is to define our values that we'll judge our years by. Typically, we'll choose two to four key values and go through these one by one to think about how 2020 was in each of them. We're going to choose two values each just to keep it brief because there's two of us, but you on your own, you can choose as many values as you want. And just to go through what some common values are, it could be family, work and career, money, mental health, physical health, spirituality, friendships, creativity, travel, and learning. 
for example, for my values, I chose health, mental and physical and creativity. So this year, looking back through my year, looking at it through the lens of health, it's been pretty taxing on my mental health. At times, I was so stressed. I got a twitch in one of my eyes for over a month. And I've worked really hard on self-care practices consistently. And I guess despite all of the craziness and the stress, at certain points, I've never felt better. My physical health has been pretty good this year too. I'm doing less steps every day because I'm spending so much time at home. But I've never done so much exercise and I feel really good for moving my body so much. Yeah, I've barely been sick at all this year and I usually get really sick. I normally catch a lot of colds and that's been such a welcome change and I really feel like that's because of not being on the tube, the social distancing, not really interacting with as many people. And my second choice is creativity and this year has felt really good for my creativity. I finally got a personal project out which is this podcast with India and I've been wanting to have a side project for years but I've never known or felt completely committed to anything like I do now so I feel like I've defeated my inner critic in that way to put out this podcast and got India to thank for helping me with that because I couldn't have done it without you oh that's very kind but it's more you no I don't think it is it's definitely no it's you (laughs) (laughs) all right it's me I did it all okay (laughs) I actually didn't But yeah, how about you? What have you what have you looked at? So I have chosen mental health. This year has been one of the most challenging years of my life, but obviously one of the best years of my life because I had my second baby. But I have battled more than ever with my OCD. What was really nice for me is I came to the realization that I'm actually so much stronger than I thought I yeah. was. And that was such a huge revelation. One of the things that I noticed the most is as soon as we went into lockdown, everyone started panicking. But for me, I was obviously very scared. I was terrified. But I felt like having everyone else around me panicking too made me almost feel a bit better because I'm such a worrier it's usually me worrying on my own but having like everyone else around me feeling the same was quite comforting yeah and you know it's sad that other people were feeling like that it's awful but it kind of helped yeah in a really bad way I guess I don't think it's a bad way. Yeah, well, we all got through it. Well, we're getting through it, aren't we? This hasn't been a year for me to spend any time whatsoever on myself. My daughter struggled with sleep during the first lockdown and my son has just never slept. He's slept once through the night in nine months. My goodness. This is going to sound a bit cheesy, but my lovely husband, Tom, has just been my absolute saviour. He has carried me through these times with just showing me all the love and generosity and just being the good man that he is. And it's really, really pulled me through. So I have him to thank for that. What an angel. He is. So my second choice is friendships and seeing friends this year has been difficult but I cherish my friendships now more than ever and the love and support that we received during the first lockdown when we had to shield was just so overwhelming and I found so much comfort and strength in the level of support that we had from friends. Shout out to Rebecca and Alan and even just like people in our building that we didn't know that well could not do Mm -hmm. enough for us and there's just been such a sense of community and I really hope that continues 
Yeah, I really feel like 2020 has brought the community out. It's even when you, I think it was, I, I messaged our little friendship group. I was like, oh my God, I've got no nappies. And then next thing I know, Ed's in Asda getting me nappies. Like things like that. You laugh, but you have no idea what that meant to us. Aww. Do you remember when I came down in that mask and then the postman got too close to me and I ran back upstairs pretty much crying? <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> I remember that was before lockdown. Or during lockdown when we were shielding. I can't actually remember. It's all, it's such a blur. It made everybody so nervous. Everybody was so scared of each other. I was absolutely terrified. Yeah, I'm not surprised as well if you were told by the doctor to shield for Marla. Well, do you know what? The funny thing was, Lucy, it was because we're having the cladding on our balcony done. The only outdoor space is our balcony. We've got like a roof garden as well. We couldn't even go down to that because of the cladding. So that was all cordoned off. And the men were still working through the first and second lockdown. So there was times where we couldn't even go out on the balcony to get some fresh air. And it was obviously like the summer. And I was like, this is so shit. So there was some weeks where we didn't even get to go on the balcony. We got like no fresh air. And me and Tom were saying, surely this isn't good for our health. And I remember the first time I went outside in weeks, I felt like I was in a film. (laughs) It was really (laughs) weird. I was like, oh, air. (laughs) Did you feel like your senses were really heightened? Yeah, and I felt like, I don't know if I felt like I had a bit of vertigo. It was just really weird. Like the fresh air hit me. And funnily enough, when my mum came to pick us up, because my mum intervened in the end, and she said, I'm going to shield for Marlo, but if this all gets too much for you with a newborn baby, a toddler in a flat, I'm shielding, so I'm going to come and get you and you can move in with me. Eventually, that's what we had to do. And when I first saw her, (laughs) that felt like the end of a film, like the end of a horror film, but that had ended well. Oh, I just cried and cried. I was so happy to see my mum because she hadn't seen Jesse since he was five days old. She hadn't seen Marla. It was just all, it's just a weird time. It doesn't feel real going back and thinking about everything that happened. No, I think there will be movies made about this year. Mm. Do you think this is going to be like the war out of our generation? I was thinking about this and I was thinking, I wonder if when Jesse's older and he says like, oh, 2020, that's when he was born. You know, they're going to be like, oh, like, oh, when about? It's such a crazy thing to happen, isn't it? Yeah. I hope it goes and then nothing like this ever happens again in my lifetime or my children's lifetime. Yeah. It's been really tricky. And I feel like the effects of it will live on for a long time as well. Like I think people will be scared for a long time. But anyway, moving on. Mm -hmm. So those are our values that we've went through. After the values, then we look at themes. We're gonna find our themes, our 2020 themes, by answering the following questions. So the questions are, what was the hardest part of 2020 for you? So my answer to this is, the hardest part of 2020 for me was staying positive or even neutral in the face of adversity this year Mm. at times I felt isolated I felt really stuck and I felt like I didn't have any control over things what about you India I think for me shielding for three months was difficult not being able to have parents around for our newborn son and just feeling more afraid than I ever felt in my life 
Yeah. Not so much the pandemic. I think I just had the OCD, the new baby hormones that kind of all rolled into one when you're just in your head on your own for so long. It was quite difficult. Yeah, that's really difficult. Also, I really struggled to make decisions, pandemic decisions, like about little things that you were doing. Like if you see one person, even if you're socially distanced, but what if that person's been around someone that's had the virus? And what if that gets back to your nan or so? And it was just trying to make those sort of decisions I found really difficult. I still find that difficult. Yeah, I mean, I I still do now, yeah. Yeah, because I'm wondering like, if I see somebody for a walk, can they come into my garden? I find it difficult knowing what the rules are. Yeah. And then within that, knowing where other people's boundaries are, you have to kind of like test the waters to see what people are comfortable with. Mm. I don't know. It's just really hard to navigate. And you just don't want a loved one to get it because of you not being very cautious. So it's just trying to like navigate, but also trying to live yeah. your life. Yeah, that is, a, that is a hard part of 2020. I think a lot of people will have found that too. Mm. So how did this challenge help you grow is the second question. And for me, the challenge of being able to stay positive or even neutral was that it forced me to really dig deep into my inner resources and think about what was best for me and try and do the things that I knew were good for me. And also, to be honest, it showed me that I really love spending time at home. So some parts of it were quite nice Mm. because I... I am quite a home person. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm not like, I'm not a massively social person anymore. I think I used to be, but now I like spending lots of time at home. Yeah, me too. I've always been like that. I'm very, very sociable, but I just love Mm. being at home. Yeah. I think for me, it made some of my biggest fears become reality. And I just learned about resilience that I never knew I had. Yeah. Did you find that they weren't as scary when they were real? Yeah, I did. I remember in January, I got home from work. I'd obviously like read Sidebar of Shame on Daily Mail or something like that and got myself into an absolute panic. And I came home and I just said to Tom, like, I just need to be in my room alone for 15 minutes so I can just sit and worry. And Tom was like, well, this isn't really good for you. I was like, look, something bad's gonna happen and I just want to sit down and Tom was like it's not gonna be what you're making out in your head I was so worried that what exactly happened was going to happen I don't think I could have imagined it to be quite as extreme but Tom was like it won't happen a few people will get it some people will die it's not going to be like this great big thing that you're making up in your head it was exactly that Tom (laughs) actually I just got through it and it wasn't as scary as I thought it mm-hmm. would be for me, but I didn't lose touch with any loved ones. Yeah. So the next question is, what was your biggest achievement in 2020? And my biggest achievement was keeping my mental health relatively together and also launching this podcast. And when I say relatively together, I mean, I did have a few wobbles, more than wobbles, sometimes meltdowns. Who didn't? On the whole, I think I've done okay. And yeah, this podcast has been such an achievement for me. I feel like it's something I've wanted to do for a very long time. And I'm just so, Mm. so happy that we've actually done it. I think for me, becoming a mum for the second time has just been... Yeah. Obviously a huge achievement. What an achievement. Little darling boy. And having both kids at home with me full time... And launching a podcast with you. 
I can't believe that you've managed to work on this podcast with two kids at home full time, two kids under three years old. That's a massive achievement. And now our next question is how did you get there? Was there anybody that helped you along the way? Helped you make it possible? What did you do to get there? And for me, I feel like I got there with my mental health by becoming really uncompromising about self-care practices. Ed and Elodie brought me loads of love and loads of fun times and for the podcast I feel like what helped me get there was inspiration and pure grit at times and India you've been like my biggest cheerleader on this so thank you for that you're welcome and how about you I think Tom's humor and his support this isn't me just rabbiting on about what a lovely husband I've got but it is as well because I'm very lucky but we've got such different personalities and he's super calm and I'm just so not and I just think we just work really well together my mum as well she's just always there just whatever she can do to help she'll be doing it and it's just the best same goes for Tom's parents too they're just brilliant my two children just for like the fact that they both need me and I know they love me and They make me cry with laughter and doing the podcast as well. It's just been like this whole new creative outlet. What was a mistake that you made in 2020? I found this quite a difficult one to answer. I had to really think about it. But I think that putting too much pressure on myself was the main mistake that I made in 2020. I think it led to me having more stress than was necessary and when I was stressed I started to make like stupid mindless mistakes like I spilt a full pint of water over my laptop just as I was nearly finished editing the first episode of the podcast and I just let out this primal scream we just got these new neighbors next door to us (laughs) and I'm almost certain they must think I'm a crazy person because that scream it came from a place I didn't know I had (laughs) I I screamed and then I rushed to the apple store I can't imagine you screaming I've seen you angry before but I can't imagine you screaming yeah it doesn't happen very often I remember you messaged me like I'm on my fucking way to Stratford to go and buy a new laptop buy a new laptop oh I was gutted so gutted it's not really what anyone wants is it no it's really not but actually it's quite nice to have a new laptop so now I'm happy about it but at the time it was really gutting oh so mistake that I made well I shouted at my brother and it was completely uncalled for and I think it was just like the tension of this year building up and he didn't do anything wrong and I've felt bad about it ever since so I am very sorry here's a public apology so what was a good decision that you made so a good decision was to prioritize my mental and physical well-being and Mm -hmm. I did that through exercise and self-care stuff. I know I keep going on about self-care, but it was a really big thing for me. I also limited my media intake. Almost as soon as the pandemic started, I stopped watching the news so much. And I would check in with the news like once every couple of days, or I would listen Mm -hmm. to a podcast about the pandemic every couple of days instead of having this constant stream of information about it. Mm. 
It was very overwhelming. It was really overwhelming and it was completely out of your control and I just didn't feel like it was necessary for me to know everything that every politician was doing or for me to know exactly what the death count was because I didn't feel like it was good for me and I had to prioritise my mental headspace so that I could be there for my daughter. And Mm. she's only two. I didn't want nervous, anxious energy to be around her all the time. Yeah. Because even though she won't remember this year. No, but they pick up on it. Yeah, they absorb that kind of the feelings around them, don't they? I think for me, our best decision was to not send our daughter Marlo back to nursery. We Mm. loved her nursery so, so much, but we had to cross a really busy road to get her there every day. And this road had illegal levels of pollution and crossing that every day to get her there she was always wheezing and she'd had quite a lot of hospital visits because of her wheezing and since we removed her from nursery touch wood she's had no wheezing whatsoever because we've not been crossing that road and I genuinely think that's made such a massive difference to her and her development because we were quite worried about her breathing at one point. Yeah, I remember. Which is obviously why she had to shield. She's just been absolutely fine. So it's either it was that road affecting it, making it worse, or she's just grown out of it. But either way, I'm really happy with the decision I made to remove her. Yeah, I think it sounds like a good one. Yeah, and the other decision was to actually stay in our flat during lockdown. So we were going to go and travel before lockdown hit and go and stay with my parents or Tom's parents. Making the decision to stay here was tough, especially as we didn't have a garden, we had this newborn baby, like it was all a bit up in the air. But it meant we had the most amazing quality time together as a family. There were parts of it that were just fucking awful but there were, there were other parts that were just so magical i'll just yeah. i'll never forget those lovely moments precious yeah precious really time. really precious what are you most proud of from 2020 so i think what i'm most proud of is the relationship that i now have with elodie my little girl so we've always had a good relationship but now I feel like I know her inside out. When the lockdown first hit and her nursery closed, I felt this sense of panic. And I was a bit like, oh my God, what am I going to do without Mm. childcare? How am I going to get anything done? I think everyone felt like that. Mm -hmm. But then I realised how much I was missing from her life. Because she was at nursery and I'm, I'm very happy now she's back at nursery for a bit. But I just really feel like our relationship has deepened so much and I feel like I'm a better mum because of it. And I wouldn't have had that if 2020 hadn't forced me to work less. Also creating the casual coven, I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud that we've done yeah. this. Yeah, how about you? So for me, it was getting through shielding with a newborn and a two-year-old. I just feel so proud of them as well. Watching them grow and develop has been lovely. And obviously launching this podcast. Yeah. I'm very, very proud of that. And it was something that I've been so wanting, needing to do for a long time. And the next question is, what was a goal you had but didn't meet? And for me, there was some financial goals that I didn't meet this year because coronavirus had an impact on my work. 
and also from uh, intense to very <laughs> lighthearted. I also had a goal. I was working through this book called The Curated Closet, which is where you like reassess your wardrobe and oh, redefine for... your personal style. Okay. <laughs> It's really, really interesting. It's not about following style rules or anything like that. Was it like written that. by Gokwan? It's not written by Gokwan. It doesn't tell you how to dress. It helps What's you. What's it called? It's called The Curated Closet. Okay, this sounds really bloody interesting. I'm going to look that up right now. So basically, you go through a series of steps, similar to this, actually. You go through a series of steps and answer a series of questions. You've got to log every outfit you wear for a month you've got to take a photo of it and then you've got to find themes between what you're wearing for that month you kind of analyze it you talk about why you chose those outfits to wear how it made you feel which ones you liked which ones you didn't like and then you collect like inspiration drawing all of these different things together to try and create your perfect style and for me it was a bit of a sustainability thing because knowing what items suit your lifestyle and your taste means that you're less likely to make impulse purchases and you're less likely to buy things that you'll never wear again. But at one point, one of the steps is that you need to go and try on these outfits that you're inspired by. And that was the part that I got unstuck at because... Where did you hear about this book? Online. I think I read a review of it. Oh, Okay never heard of it I was a bit um skeptical at first because I'm quite Hmm. skeptical of style books and fashion books because I feel like often they can be don't knock fashion books Lucy sorry but they can be quite prescriptive no I'm I'm talking about fashion coffee like coffee coffee table books (laughs) is that your thing that's my thing yeah I love a nice expensive book for the coffee table (laughs) that just gets jam fingers and covered in play-doh shite put all over it <laughs> yeah play-doh <laughs> yeah so this is yeah. a goal i had but i didn't meet i didn't finish the curated closet but i will do i will well, finish it couldn't yeah could you? Mm, that sounds good i might have a look at that mm-hmm. book for me it was to do all the things with my son that i did with my daughter during my first maternity leave so covid kind of fucking ruin that but with her we went to lots of different galleries we went to we traveled all across London by tube going on buses we just did so much every day I mean me and you took the girls to Margate when they were about six weeks old which was the worst thing we could ever (laughs) have done I just did so much classes the first maternity leave that I had I went back to work thinking yep there's nothing during this time that I wish I'd done more of Mm -hmm. because I felt like I'd done everything I just felt like we did so much and obviously with Jesse like I haven't been able to do any of that he's been to one class and that's it and then he's just been with me and Marlo the whole time which is fine but I would have loved to have had that time taking him out to lots of different places but then you know he's had his mum and his sister around him the whole time and he's become so attached to us and he really is besotted with his sister so I guess there's something lovely that's come out of it but yeah I just I kind of really wanted to do that with him what would you say you're most grateful for in 2020? I am most grateful for the time with my daughter because I feel like two is such a special age And I've been Mm. here for so much of it, much more than I thought would be possible. 
people say about terrible twos but I have not found that I've loved to yeah I'm also really grateful that I'm able to take care of myself better than I have in the past and like really Mm. prioritize what I need to feel good yeah that's just a really big deal for me I think for me this kind of goes against slightly what I just said but I wouldn't have had it any other way just having both kids at home I thought that there's no way I could do it Marlo before I had Jesse was down for three days a week at nursery I just never thought I'd be able to have two kids at home I just thought I'd find it too difficult Mm. and it has been challenging at times but I'm so grateful that we've had this year together we're like a little team and it's just been lovely yeah what do you think 2020 taught you I think 2020 taught me that you don't always need to be going somewhere or making progress and that sometimes just being and existing is enough Mm -hmm. what about you for me it would be that when some of your biggest fears come true I think a strength that you don't know exists just comes through and you get through it yeah there's nothing else that you can do apart from get through it yeah that's true from 2020 what you need to let go of and this is something that you could write on a page and then burn the page I feel like I need to let go of my inner bully I feel like my inner bully has the voice of somebody that was quite cruel to me in the past and it's time to burn that prick (laughs) (laughs) oh I think for me it's overthinking that can piss off (laughs) and health anxiety yeah that can fuck off too that's a big one isn't it massive one and then following on from that in 2020 who do you need to forgive and for me I think that I need to forgive myself I criticize myself for making mistakes all the time and I dwell on past mistakes yeah I just need to I need to let go of that I think dwelling is such a horrible thing isn't it So for me, I forever beat myself up over anything and everything. And I also need to forgive myself. Yeah, beating yourself up is not good. (sighs) It's just awful. So the next question is all about support systems. And we all have little things or big things that have helped us get through this year. So maybe that could be a tool or a self-care practice. It could be going for a walk or time with your kids or meditation, watching a movie, anything that has helped you to feel okay. For me, that was spending time with Ed and Elodie, working on the casual coven, yoga, running, meditation and journaling. So yeah, quite a lot of things. What about you, India? For me, it was family and friends, sitting on the sofa and doing nothing as it was just so rare. (laughs) Yeah. So special when it happened. It was lovely. (laughs) Obviously the casual coven and just seeing my kids so happy, you know, like knowing that they're fed, they're clean and that they're just happy. And that, yeah, that's really helped me get through. Oh, that is so sweet. My kids never clean. (laughs) (laughs) to be fair neither of mine (laughs) but you know what I mean washed (laughs) once every three weeks that's clean (laughs) 
So now is the time that we come to define 2020 in one clear sentence. We've answered all of the questions and we look at them and we think about our answers and the themes that they carry through. And now we define 2020 into one clear sentence. You start with 2020 was and then you define it. So for me, there's a couple of things really. 2020 was about finding inner freedom within myself to overcome an outer shit sandwich of loss and sadness and limitations, restrictions being imposed on us. And it was also about redefining what it means to live a meaningful life. And I mean that as in when everything is taken away that you felt that was for granted before you have to think about how you find meaning in life Mm. and I really feel like this year I had to do this yeah because it's been there's been nothing to look forward to has there yeah apart from my courgettes yeah (laughs) no your marrows love (laughs) (laughs) and yeah pumpkins taking up the whole garden yeah but yeah no you're right you have to like really dig deep to find what it is what's to look forward to like the days Mm -hmm. and the hours just seem to have rolled into one a lot of the time so yeah yeah that's a good one for me it was one of the best and worst years of my life all rolled into one Now that we've defined 2020, it's time to say goodbye. You can have your own little sentence that you use to say goodbye to 2020. We are going to say it like this. 2020, you were a clusterfuck of a year, but we're going to be generous and thank you for every hard lesson learned. What's done is done and now we release you. Goodbye. You little clusterfuck. Uh, obviously i added to that (laughs) well done it was a good addition (laughs) so now we're looking at what you wish for in 2021 so look at each area of your values look at the possibilities of what's ahead not on what's happened if one area of your values was ignored or put in the back burner in 2020 maybe it's a sign to pay more attention to it in 2021 So Lucy, is there anything that you really want to keep up in 2021? Yeah, for the values that I've spoken about, so the first one was health, mental and physical. I want to keep up all of my self-care practices and physical exercise and I want to have fun with it. I want to explore nutrition a bit more deeply, specifically Mm -hmm. stuff around fermentation, which is something I've always kind of thought sounds a bit gross, but recently i read that it is really good for sensitive stomachs and ed's got a really sensitive stomach so i want to look into it for him is he going to start drinking like kombucha is that how you say kombucha yeah and what's the other like making like sauerkraut or kimchi yeah 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 Yeah, i've never done that before so i'm thinking like sauerkraut yeah i just want to look into it and look at the link between stomach sensitivities Mm. and fermentation I'd also like to increase the distance that I can run, maybe seven to eight K, so not massively, but still an increase. And I'd like to be quite mindful of the amount of sugar I'm having and find delicious alternatives, which I've started to try with making healthy cookies. And I've tried so many healthy cookie recipes and (laughs) none of them are very good. (laughs) 
<laughs> if you have a healthy cookie recipe, send me it. <laughs> but yeah, my other area of my values was creativity. I want to learn how to edit videos. I really love learning stuff and I really like making films and I just have the urge to kind of capture parts of my life and remember these times of Lady's toddlerhood and I think it would be nice to make them into little videos and I think I could make something really beautiful out of them. I also want to continue making podcasts and artwork for our Instagram feed and I also want to keep nurturing Elodie's creativity too. Yeah how about you India? So for me I want to be quite selfish (laughs) and just dedicate a little bit more time to myself to go out for long walks, runs, do more sewing and making things and I think when Jessie starts nursery and Marlo goes back to nursery I feel like you know even on my lunch break I can go for a run and just having that time to myself just feels like such a luxury because I've not had it this year Mm -hmm. I'd also like to start meditating more and that's mainly because of you Lucy just because I know how much (laughs) it helps you and whenever I'm getting anxious I do think right Lucy would meditate right now what would Lucy do Lucy would meditate I want to start doing more of that and also I think I'd like to find a new therapist I've decided that I've had CBT in the past now I just want someone to talk to I want talking therapy and I think you made me come to that realization as well Mm -hmm. that I just want someone that's not a friend that's not a family member someone that's just going to just sit there and listen to my shit for an hour yeah and not say anything basically or I just feel like I need that okay that's a good idea how bloody privileged (laughs) and I'm gonna find a new therapist (laughs) well and my other one is friendships so I want to book some weekends away with my friends and spend lots of quality time together I'd also like to book some family weekends away too Mm, that sounds good if you get behind that Mm. So the next section of this is some more questions for us to answer. And we look back at everything that we have detailed so far. And then we think about what can we do to help ourselves more in 2021. So that could be setting a boundary or a limit, or it could be prioritizing something, something that you can do to help yourself. For me, that was to find more playfulness in life. Try not to take things so seriously. I just think 2020 has felt so serious this year although I have laughed I feel like I've laughed less and I feel like that needs to be corrected what about you India yeah that's a good one so for me it would be to prioritize some time to make things and to be more creative Mm. like I said earlier I want to do more sewing and I want to make cakes and random things and I just want to just do stuff make things create yeah yeah that's good And the next question is, what is a pattern that you don't want to repeat in 2021? Oh, this is a good one. It is a good one, isn't it? I feel Mm. like it's hard as well, because if you've got a pattern, it's probably older than one year. Mm. For me, that pattern is judging myself by imagining what other people think or say about me. And I feel like also just not being able to enjoy my current situation because of worry it's not being in the present moment because I'm worrying about things or I'm worrying Mm. about what somebody thinks of me or if I offended somebody or if I said this the wrong way or whatever 
And we've spoken about this, haven't we, Mm -hmm. with friendships this year, because you're not seeing people face to face anymore. I do feel like everyone's a little bit more on edge of how they're sort of coming across, how they might be offending people. Mm -hmm. You you can't see and speak to your friends as much as you usually do Mm -hmm. in certain situations. I do feel like there's an air of panic maybe a bit of social anxiety even with your closest friends yeah like a collective social anxiety that everyone's going through yeah I think for me it's being scared I've spent a lot of this year feeling fearful yeah and I I just don't want that to carry over into 2021 yeah good reasons to that yeah so what is a feeling that you want to embody in 2021 and for me I want to feel more playful and just lighter how about you I just want to feel free yeah that's really important just feel free to do the things that I would have done before and not have to think about it yeah and what is a major goal that you want to accomplish in 2021 so for me I really want to make peace with my anxiety because I feel like anxiety is a cause of a lot of my problems and I can't Mm. get away from it so maybe I just need to make peace with it that's a good one I feel a bit like that too actually I think for me I would say I would want a better way of managing my anxiety Mm -hmm. yeah so the next part the next step is setting our intentions for 2021 so everything that we've done in the ceremony it's all leading up to this point and so we need to meditate on it so just close your eyes take a really deep breath the deepest breath you've taken all day and then breathe it out and just meditate on what your intention is thinking about everything that you want to let go of and all of the things that you want to bring into your life and it should just come to you easily just something that comes to you very easily and the sentence that you need to fill is my intention for 2021 is and my intention for 2021 is to enjoy myself and the reason behind this is that to enjoy yourself you've got to be in the present moment You've got to accept yourself. You can't be worried about what other people are thinking. And when you're enjoying yourself, you are being playful and you're not being so serious. How about you, India? Mm. So my intention for 2021 is to stop worrying about what everyone else thinks of me and stop worrying about everyone else in general as I can't control other people's actions and to laugh and have lots more fun than I have done this year. Yeah, that's a good one. So the next step is to turn it into an affirmation. And this is the step that makes me slightly wince because I find (laughs) affirmations, I find them quite cheesy. I don't like them either. But the reasoning behind turning it into an affirmation is to take your intention from seeming like a wish to something that is in the present moment, that is happening, that's already happened. And so when you are thinking or writing down your affirmation, it's always written as if you already have it. So if your intention was around letting something go, you would say, I am free of whatever that was. Mm-hmm. So for my affirmation, it would be, I am playful and I'm free of the judgment of others. What about you, India? Mine would be, I am free. I am no longer a prisoner in my own head. Mm-hmm. Good. So cheesy. <laughs> they are so cheesy, aren't they? 
Yeah. If you like affirmations, you can stick them around your mirror. I won't be doing that. <laughs> my prominence. Yeah, I won't be doing that either. Oh, yes, you will. Come on, Lucy. <laughs> Gonna get it in vinyl lettering above <laughs> my bed. So the final step, well, second final step, really, is finding our word for 2021. So you find one word, one theme that you want to carry around for 2021. One word that will immediately bring you back to your affirmation and back to your intention. Mm. So it's just one word that you need to remember because 2021, you know, it's a whole year. It's a long time. You might forget about your intention at certain points and you need one word that you can think of and that will bring you back to it. And my word for this coming year is dance. And the reason I chose the word dance is because dancing is fun and it's playful. And when you dance, you enjoy yourself, usually. Mm. You normally have to be enjoying Mm. yourself to start dancing. My word is laugh, because I love laughing. I have a really dirty little laugh (laughs) and it's my favorite thing to do and I feel free when I'm laughing and I'm not worried about what people are thinking I'm not worried about what people are doing and it's just the best thing ever laughing brilliant so as an optional step you can repeat Mm. your affirmation aloud to yourself on your own to leave 2020 behind and fully step Mm -hmm. into 2021 on New Year's Eve do you do it naked (laughs) That's how I do everything. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I go shopping, make just my mask <laughs> and my tits out. We're going down a weird path here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Back on track. <laughs> but yeah, some people talk about the collective energy on New Year's mm. Eve at the strike of midnight when everybody is celebrating all together. I'd be asleep by then, but yeah. Yeah, apparently if you speak your intention out, out loud, then you can harness the collective energy and bring it into reality. Mm, exciting. Okay, well, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to be laughing. <laughs> so we're coming to a close now and we don't have a verdict for you right away because it's a whole year that we've got to live by these intentions really before we can formulate a proper opinion but we will be checking in throughout the year and we'd love to know if you follow along with this what your intentions are and whether you think they're working for you too Thank you so much for listening oh, to another thank episode. Thank you. We thank you for listening to this bonus episode. Yeah, we've loved doing this episode, this ceremony. Mm. I feel like we both got loads out of it. Yeah, definitely. And we hope that you enjoy it too, because actually, we hope that when you look back, you realise that there's so many like good things that happened in 2020. You just might not remember them because they've been cast over by this other shit that's happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we would love to know what your intentions are if you want to share them. Yes. So Mm, please send us a DM on Instagram. I'll put them in the comments. We're going to share our setups for our ceremony over on Instagram. So do check that out. We're at The Casual Coven. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Casual Coven. We want to wish you a wonderful new year. To keep up to date with us, you can follow us on Instagram at The Casual Coven to be the first to know about new episodes. If you want to support the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can email us at thecasualcovenpod at gmail.com.